Today is the 26th of September, 2022, and we practice to make our minds peaceful. And this having of mindfulness is a very important quality. It's an important quality to have in the mind. If we have a lot of it, then that's very good. And when we speak of mindfulness or sati, we're speaking of right mindfulness just like we chanted this evening about right mindfulness. We can also say right recollection, to recollect correctly. And how do we recollect correctly? Such that we bring the mind to freedom from suffering. Because in our daily lives we have mindfulness of a certain type, but it's, a, but it's a kind of mindfulness that recollects all different types of objects and moods from the past or proliferating about the future. And these moods from the past, the past in our lives, is just in this current life that which we're able to remember from this life. We remember uh, various moods and experiences, we have liking or disliking for them. And there are experiences that arose and ceased in the past, and we remember them. And when we remember them, they arise and cease again in the present through our recollection. We make a self with these experiences as well. There's a sense of self from the past, and that's a kind of karma then it arises again in the mind, and we see it arise and cease. And things that happened in the past already, we can't change them, we can't fix them. So we set our mind to have right mindfulness in the present, to know ourselves in the present, to make mindfulness firm in the mind, to have mindfulness with the body, with feeling, with the mind, and with dhammas, to make our mindfulness stronger and to have more strength and energy. And to do this, we have to train, we have to practice. Because if we don't train, the mindfulness is too weak to understand the dhamma. And when the mindfulness is weak, then the mind follows after moods and sense impressions. And really all sense impressions are just sense impressions. But the mind clings to them, clings to all these sense impressions as me and mine, you and yours, as self. Or one proliferates about the future, and then the mind clings to this again so the self, a sense of self in the past or in the future, there's no end to it. So therefore we cultivate merit and goodness. And the best merit is that of meditation, is training the mind. So this merit arises through generosity, through giving donations, helping to build uh, the buildings like monastic dwellings or uposada halls 
or chedis, which is a great merit and brings a great benefit. And we practice having virtue, having sila, and caring for our virtue, which has a lot of benefit. And so we have these qualities of generosity and virtue well established. And then one sees the drawbacks of clinging. And we see suffering, the cause of suffering, the cessation of suffering, the path to its end. So when we cultivate the mind like this, the benefit is great, is truly a great merit. So for Dhamma practitioners, we have effort. And when our bodies are still strong and have energy, then we should practice and train to put forth effort into Dhamma practice. We can go to a peaceful place, a place that's quiet. We practice and train, or we can train in our homes uh, where it can be peaceful as well. Still, even if the external environment is peaceful, the mind still has clinging. Sometimes we leave our house to go to a peaceful place, and we get strength and energy from that peaceful place. Or monastics sometimes will go into solitude to make their mindfulness and samadhi stronger and firmer. And the quality of virtue is well-established as a foundation already. So when we have effort and we train like this, we have mindfulness in the present moment. I have mindfulness with the body. For instance, on this yesterday's Lunar Observance Day, some monastics and faithful laity practiced walking meditation, circumambulating the chedi 108 times which took about three hours. This is the cultivation of mindfulness. This is walking meditation, cultivating mindfulness with the movements of the body. Then coming to sit, one knows the breath as it goes in and out. One can recite Bhutto to bring the mind to stillness, uh, peace and emptiness, to have peace from all the moods and sense impressions. Because when there's no peace, then the kilesas proliferate in the mind, and there's a sense of self, and the kilesas aren't controlled. But when we bring peace to our behavior of body and speech, then this is a type of seclusion, a type of viveka. We call it gaya viveka, seclusion of body. And then we train in peace and samadhi to bring the mind to seclusion, to jitta viveka. And to do this, we meditate, we train the mind to bring the mind to seclusion, a seclusion in the mind through sitting meditation. Because when the mind is not secluded, then this is when liking comes to destroy the seclusion of the mind, or anger and ill will destroy the seclusion of the mind. We may have the wish to hurt ourselves, whether it's in the past or the present, but we set our hearts to fight with the kilesas, the defilements, because the kilesas, they're the world champion, 
So what do we do against the world champion? Well, we fight against the world champion and we'll usually lose, but we don't give up. We keep trying, keep having effort. Then the day comes where we win. We win some of the time, but still usually we lose. The mind is busy and distracted, has doubts, is overcome with the five hindrances. The mind's not peaceful, it's not secluded. And it's like this all day and night. And the mind is filled with thoughts again and again. And so these five uh, hindrances, they make the mind not secluded, not peaceful. So wherever we go, whether it's in our house or in a forest or anywhere, the mind is not secluded because of these five qualities, these five hindrances. So we try to cultivate mindfulness, to train the mind to be with the breath, to bring the mind to seclusion, to jitta viveka. And these five hindrances, they exit the mind. Then the mind is peaceful in samadhi. This is mental seclusion. And once the mind is secluded like this already, then what do we do to give rise to knowing? We see the breath arise and cease. We, knowing arises clearly. The mind is still empty. Then this knowledge of not-self can arise clearly. We see that there's no self there to be found. And this knowing that arises, it's not a perception, it's not a thought, but it's wisdom that arises directly from meditation. So this wisdom that arises from meditation, having arisen, then this is upati viveka, or seclusion from the upadana, from clinging. And the seclusion from clinging and attachment it's seclusion from kilesa, seclusion from self, seclusion from me and mine, you and yours. <clears throat> so when this knowing arises, then the body and mind feel very light, filled with rapture, happiness, a feeling of contentedness and fullness, and tears may flow from the eyes. So Dhamma understanding is like this. We start to understand, we start to see, so we then make the mind peaceful in samadhi and having mindfulness continuously to give rise to wisdom. We see that it's uh, the happiness of wisdom is like this. So we do it continuously, do it evenly to give, to give rise to knowing, to give rise to wisdom. Because usually when these sense impressions, like visual forms, uh, sounds, taste, smell, touch, and mental objects. When they arise, and the sense of self arises right there. This is normal and usual. And so we keep practicing. We do sitting and walking meditation. And we practice to temporarily abandon the defilements. And this is the mind that temporarily realizes Nibbana. And when this happens, we're able to make a comparison. 
that the mind with wisdom has happiness like this. The mind is clean and bright, and the mind with clinging is like this. And the mind with clinging is something we had all the time already, but even though we're, we're experiencing it, we didn't know it. It's just the sense of self arising constantly. So just me and mine, you and yours, all the time. But we practice and we see the mind without kilesa and what it's like. So this is wisdom, this is knowing. And we see that the wisdom and knowledge arising is a great happiness in this way. That wisdom is like this. So we practice to study this, to know it in the present moment. We see that all these sense impressions are constantly deceiving our minds. So we teach our mind that these sense impressions are unstable, they're uncertain. We train like this continuously. We do it during the day and make our practice even. Sometimes we do walking uh, meditation, the mind can become peaceful, at least for a short time, and sometimes it's not peaceful. But we just know that, know that it's normal. Because during the day, sometimes we don't care for our minds. We may travel far, traveling by car or subway or train or bus to go to work and so on. And we just let our minds go, our minds just get lost in thinking and proliferating. We don't have mindfulness at that time. We're just thinking about various things. And then when we go to sit in meditation in the evening, then it's hard to make the mind peaceful because we've just let our mind go during the day. So we have to have care during the day, to have restraint and keep a watch over the mind. Even when we're thinking about work and doing our duties, we make the mind restrained to have mindfulness. And when we're on a bus or a train and or a subway and so on, we can chant as well. We can recollect the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, the qualities of the Triple Gem. And it's not that we just chant only, but we can recollect the deeper meaning of these qualities in our mind to bring the mind to peace. For instance, when the mind is still, we can recollect the Buddha, the rightly self-awakened Buddha, knew the truth for himself. And he had this great compassion without limit, without compare. So we recollect like this, that the Buddha has the wisdom to overcome the defilements in the mind, and we can have fullness and happiness of heart arise. This is Buddha Nusati, the recollection of the Buddha. We recollect the Buddha as the object of our mind. We can repeat Buddha, Dhammo, Sangho, or just Buddha. So we have mindfulness with this, and we do it a lot during the day. And then when we meditate, our mind can become peaceful faster. So we know what, what the mind that's not peaceful is like. And we know that the, what the mind that's peaceful, what that is like. It's a mind that's cool and at ease. The mind without peace is hot and agitated.
So for Dhamma practitioners, sometimes may, they may close their eyes and ask, well, why is it so hot and agitated in the mind? Very hot. And we know this, and we see that the mind has been sent outside too much, been sent to various things outside. So we see that we have to control the mind, to train the mind to make it still. In the beginning we sit and the mind is very chaotic and agitated. It's uh, thinking without ceasing. We keep practicing, it gets better and better. The mindfulness in the present moment gets better and better. Then we're able to know and see the Dhamma can become more and more clear. We see that there's no self to be found, and this is seeing the Dhamma. These qualities of mindfulness and samadhi become full and complete. It's the complete uh, path to awakening, the Noble Eightfold Path. One sees that the body is not self. It's just composed of natural elements of earth, air, fire, and water. The body is something not beautiful. Its nature is too degrade. We see that it's like this. And the mind's able to understand, the mind realizes emptiness. There's a feeling of fullness in the heart. So maybe you practice like this a lot to the point of proficiency to give rise to clear understanding and clear knowledge, to know the truth, to know and see not-self, to see the Dhamma. And when we see the Dhamma, like this, then this is realizing stream entry. And when this happens and there's no eighth life, there's at most seven lifetimes or three or one lifetime left. So we know and see this, this is realizing stream entry already. And realizing this one has a lot of strength and energy to the mind. It's the beginning to understand and so we understand that we must die. And before we die, we try to do merit, to do goodness, and to abandon that which is unwholesome. To have mindfulness while we're doing merit, while we're practicing generosity and virtue all the time. And we understand that nothing in the world is truly our own. We don't own anything in the world. They're things that we must use while we live in this world, but we use these things with mindfulness and wisdom. And our important goal while we do this is to see the Dhamma, to close off the lower realms of the jealous gods, the animals, the hungry ghosts, and the hell beings, to never be born again into these lower realms. And to do this we need the path of generosity, morality, and meditation. So may you set your hearts on this. May you practice like this. And to always teach the mind that it's uncertain, it's impermanent, it's unstable. To have mindfulness to care for the mind. That something we like, it's unsure, it's unstable. Something we dislike, it's unsure, it's unstable. So may you practice like this. 
and um, make make this path something possible for oneself. And this is a very good opportunity that we have to have the faith to practice like this is not something that's easy to come by. To choose to come practice like this means that we must have built parami, spiritual virtues in the past already to come practice and train the mind. It means that we have spiritual virtue. Also to come ordain is not something easy to do. It means that we built parami in the past already. So we see that we've come to fight with the world champion. Sometimes we'll lose, usually we'll lose, but we don't give up. However it is, whatever the case, we have patient endurance. If the mind's busy and distracted, we patiently endure. If the mind's doubting, we patiently endure. We fight like this. At whatever happens, we patiently endure. Uh, practitioners uh, train their minds like this, practice like this. May you do this a lot, train like this a lot, to give rise to clear understanding, to seeing the Dhamma. As we see that we're in this world for not a very long time, we don't know how much time we have left. So therefore may you set your hearts on the doing of merit and goodness. <coughs> In the merit and goodness that you do, may you recollect it often. Then this gives rise to truly great merit in the mind. And wisdom can arise to free the mind from suffering. This is an important point. So we need to, to practice like this. And sometimes we may go to work and we feel tired. But still, one should try to enter samadhi because having entered samadhi, this can dispel our tiredness. We can feel rejuvenated. So may you set your hearts on this practice. May you all see the Dhamma. May you grow in blessings.